It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Welcome into the Landry Football Podcast Network, a, a special edition of SEC Football and Beyond. Taking a look at the Auburn coaching search, as you know by now, they've made the move on. New athletic director is in place, John Cohen, along with the powers that be in the Auburn administration and uh, key supporters are in, uh, involved in a coaching search uh, to replace Brian Harson. Uh, I want to get into a little bit about this Auburn program and this Auburn job. It is still one of the better jobs in the country. There's, It's a unique place that I think that um, probably you've got to be part of that Auburn family, and they do call it the Auburn family, as Coach Dye would say, the Auburn family. Um, I say that affectionately, and I got to, to know Coach Dye very well. And, and I know what it means to those folks. I have been around that program a lot from coaching against it to – uh, scouting it for years, being inside the walls of that place at least three to four times a year, every year for, you know, 30 years. I have a feeling what those that uh, administer that program believe and feel about the program. And it, and it is a special place. It is a unique place. <clears throat> it's always been a really good job. At times, it's been a great job. There is difficulties and there is challenges with that job, particularly over the last, well, since Nick Saban went to Tuscaloosa. You're dealing, as everybody in college football is dealing with, the greatest run in college football history. And, oh, it happens to be your biggest rival at Auburn doing it. And so you get to see it. I mean, you get a front row seat to what's happening the nation's eyes on the Alabama program and you're right there, the neighbors there, they, they, they hated neighbor perhaps, but the neighbor that gets the front seat to that. And you have to live with it 365 days a year where other people in other walks of life can turn away from it and put it aside for a while. You never get to put it aside. Uh, And you're in a state where people will, I, I hear this a lot. That And I'm not an expert on, you know, fans and fans' behavior and thoughts. I stay in my lane in, in my coaching world. But but I can tell you that everybody talks about, well, the state divided. That state's not divided. It's an Alabama state. And there are pockets around that state that are, you know, fierce Auburn fans. But it is an Alabama state. The majority of people are Alabama fans, um, state school and what have you. But the Auburn folks has a has a certain uh, flavor to it, a certain style. You have heard very often that, um, you know, there's heavy booster involvement. I, I've always said that in some ways it's the most unique and sometimes the most incestuous program in the country in that you got boosters and then you got Auburn's boosters that can be uh, very demanding and very territorial 
and, and, and maybe overbearing. There is kind of an Auburn creed. Well, it's not a kind of a creed. It is literally an Auburn creed of how certain people view the people that represent their universe and their program to the point where in the past we have had key financial boosters involvers in the program become so invested in the program that they feel in some ways it's like their program as if it's like owning an NFL team and they can because they write the check they feel they should have the say perhaps or at least a strong say in how things are done it's a difficult and interesting dynamic and one that presents some challenges look there's some of that that has taken place in the past at other places like at alabama it was a place that has been known with a lot of interference there as well but in order to get a nick saban now more a trusted and a long time alabama guy with all the contacts with all these said key influencers in the program and investors into the program financial and otherwise he had the great buffer to say in order to get nick saban a proven guy who had won a national title at lsu and people knew to be great that he needed to be given the complete freedom and to not be bothered. Nick Saban's unique. No, no other coach other than Barry Bryant at Alabama has had that luxury. No one has earned that quote-unquote right, as maybe people would say. Pat Dye had his early struggles at Auburn. He had to, he was a good old boy. He was from Georgia. He understood it. And he adapted well. He related well. He was that good old boy that could make people in that room feel important if for no other reason to garner their support. It should not take that. It should take people that want to be invested in the program and allow the person to do their job without interference. But what it does take is take somebody to understand that I'm going to do my job. I need to do it without interference, but I need your support. I need your trust. I need to earn your trust. And I think without saying it, you need to, in some ways, make those guys feel important. Um, Even if they are important, make them feel really important without having them touch the program in the way that's anything other than positive. So that's a difficult challenge here in that it has been everything from Bobby Lauder and his days and some of the issues that went on that um, I don't have time and won't spend the extra time to go through some of those histories, maybe another show another time. But you've got a couple of key boosters, and Jimmy Rain is certainly a name that people are familiar with. But there are a couple of others that are heavily involved, have been heavily involved. Why did Brian Harson not work? When the last coaching search took place, I thought it was going to be Kevin Steele because I was told by some of those influencers that that's what they were going to do and that's what they wanted. 
Well, um... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You had an athletic director that decided that he was going to get his guy. That is fine and within reason. But Alan Green almost took it to the point of, I don't care what you guys want. This is my call, my job, and that's that. It's almost not what you do, but how you do it. I think the inability to get people on board with Brian Harson was a big problem. Now, let me just tell you, knowing Brian Harson for as long as I have, I thought and think he's an outstanding coach and is a great fit as a developmental coach at a developmental program. That's not what Auburn is. The ability to be a great recruiter and 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 to win quickly and do things in a dynamic way is not Brian Harson. He needs to be at a place where he has a lot of time to develop his program at a slower rate and do it where he's not going to get vilified for maybe being adequate for the first few years. Uh, it is why, for example, Chip Kelly did not want the Florida job, did not want that spotlight. He wanted to go to UCLA where no one could really care. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. And that's the difficulty. You, If you don't want that spotlight, you don't want the Auburn job. You don't want the Alabama job. You don't want the Florida job. You don't want the Georgia job. You don't want the LSU job. You don't want that spotlight job. I know Chip really well also, and I know he would not deal with that. He would not be the glad-handing type. You go to UCLA, and I'm not saying that this is the year that UCLA begins their ascension to be one of the elites, but look at what he's done. It's taken him a long time to build it the way he wanted because Chip is a, I'm going to take it down to the studs and build it like I want it type of guy. And he's going to need time to do that. And he's going to need to be patient to do that. You're going to get that at some places. Fortunately for him, he got it at UCLA, probably more than some other guys over there have gotten it. But because of his background and pedigree and what he explained to them that he thought it was going to need to be successful at UCLA, he was up front with them, and they gave him time. You don't get that in the SEC at the big-time programs. You certainly don't get it at Auburn. Because Brian was not that fit, I didn't like it from the beginning. I said it on this podcast and on LandryFootball.com. Love Brian. Love what Auburn tries to do. Didn't see that as a fit. You ever like two people that are two friends, but you know together they're going to clash? It, it just, that was that. 
this is a unique job. And because Allen said, I wanted this guy, and because it was clear that the boosters wanted other folks like a Kevin Steele, it was never embraced, never supported. And so you took a guy that wasn't a good fit in the first place. You gave the appropriate people never gave him the support and was always working to undermine him. That's never going to work. It is oversimplification to say everybody at Auburn needs in the Auburn family needs to get on the same page. I don't know that you're ever going to get on the same page, but here's what you can do. You've got to make everyone involved in this process, administration, key figureheads, booster-wise, that are going to put money into the program, have put money into the program to understand why certain guys are the right fit. And I'm not saying you need to have compromise candidates, but you need to make sure that we all are going to be on board and maybe it is be on the same page and say, look, this is what's best for everyone. Because here's the thing. I can tell you on this search right now, there is this belief among the media that they've got their guy. There's not the names that you're hearing the most. Not everybody's on board with Lane Kiffin. Not everybody's on board with you, Freeze. So what's going to have to happen is that the ones that are not on board need to come on board and need to be convinced that they're on that, that they should come on board. So the point is, you've got to get an alignment, to use a word that's been used, I think, I even think uh, Brian Harson mentioned it, and no, Brian Kelly was big on that when he took the, the LSU job. It was a, the proper alignment. Look, you've got to understand, if, if, if it becomes too fractured, then they'll be a compromised candidate. It, it may not be the names that you're hearing in the media. Yeah, there are people. It's, and it's not about what the alumni and the ex-players want. They're not going to have a vote in it. It's not going to be what the fans think or want. It's not going to be what the media is hearing. A lot of stuff is being floated. A lot of it's floated by agents. Some of it's floated by people in and around the program to send a trial balloon to see how people react to it. They like hearing that. I've been asked to do that before. I don't like participating in that. And I haven't. I was asked by LSU to do something at one point to say something about a candidate to make them sound better because they really were interested or to float it out there. Well, that's not really what I do. This is what's done. It's done the political realm before senators and congressmen try to take a stance on a particular bill, they float the idea out there to see where the public perception is. Well, those folks are voted into office and voted out of office. But there is a belief of, I think, falsely sometimes trying to win the press conference. I think, and I think a lot of people in the administration agree with me, that to get the right guy is the most important. And then you work on changing public perception that he is the right guy. Because let me just tell you, eventually, the the people that are criticizing a hire are going to jump on board when he's successful. I was around when I uh, tried to get LSU to hire Nick Saban back when they hired Jerry DiNardo. It got nowhere. 
back when Nick Saban ended up getting the job in the next go around, it was not popular at all at LSU. It was visceral in its disdain for the hire. I mean, it was like overwhelmingly negative. Of course, all of those people changed their mind and claimed that they all knew he was the right hire all along. That's the way the world works. There's no accountability among the media and the fans. So they're going to come around if it works, and they're going to say, yes, we all thought it. And then if it doesn't work, yeah, we knew it wouldn't work. I think you need to get the right guy. What's the right guy? You've got to list your criteria, your critical factors of what's the most important things. Now, there are things that I think that are universal, regardless of where you're coaching. And there's some things that are specific. In in the scouting uh, parlance, we call them critical factors, and then we call them position specifics in evaluating a player. I do the same thing in my coaching search work or my coaching evaluation work. There are critical factors that must be there in every coach at any spot, anywhere. And then there's what I call school-specific or uh, uh, job-specific categories that are maybe unique to each program. And I think you need to grade them. What's the priority A to Z? And you need to grade them in each category. That's your checklist. It's often not taken as seriously, not as thoroughly, but I think these decisions need to be made with such a tenor and such a tone. There are a lot of people that I think could be good fits there and could win there. Um, I do think that Lane Kiffin, if that's the direction that they go, is certainly someone that is very adaptable with the modern day, A, he's an outstanding recruiter, B, the transfer portal is something he knows how to use, and he's very flexible and adaptable with his offensive style and scheme. He can mesh things in very quickly. His defenses have never been all that good. I think he can get better defensive personnel and build a program that's uh, a little bit more amenable. Hugh Freeze has had success offensively. Uh, he's had success, you know, at Liberty, and he's doing a good job in the transfer portal as well. And he has a history of uh, out, being an outstanding recruiter. Those guys, in, in Lane's case, short tenure as a head coach in the SEC, has done a very good job at Ole Miss. Has taken Ole Miss <clears throat> consistently as high as Ole Miss has been in the modern era. And Hugh Freeze did some good things at Ole Miss as well um, with a bad ending, of course. Those two have had success at a program, ironically, both at Ole Miss, where they've gotten a lot out of the program. Hugh Freeze probably recruited a little bit better. Lane is doing it more in the transfer portal. But the adaptability of Lane's offense, I'd, I'd say you never hire a coach for a scheme and a style. You hire a coach that has a, an ability to create a steam and a style that morphs into something different because in football, it's a constant changing and evolving. 
People will catch up to your offense defensively. You've got to stay ahead of the game. You've got to morph your stuff into having answers for how they answer you. If you want a scheme and a style that's stagnant, it's what you get with a Mike Leach type of guy. If you want a, a guy that has learned and grown and gotten better, you, a guy like Josh Heifel, who was let go at, at Oklahoma because his scheme and style didn't work all that well, then he gets introduced to all the up-tempo stuff from the Jeff Lebbies that comes down from the Art Browse tree. That's what you want. Guys that can think and create, not guys who will fit only their scheme and can't do more than that. That's kind of what a Mike Leach type is. Uh, being able to change it. Brian Kelly doing such a good job of morphing what he does into something different this year that fits the personnel that he has at LSU and maximizing that and getting better. Um, you know, Lane is not from this offense. Lane ran a completely different offense with Pete Carroll and Steve Sarkeesian at USC. I mean, they're running two back. They run basic pro-style stuff. Now it's evolved. That's a guy that can evolve offensively, defensively. That's what Nick Saban has done in evolving as a coach, that's what you have to do. I think Lane can evolve and I think would be a really good football fit. Is he the right fit? Does he mesh well with the folks that um, are going to be the powers that be at Auburn? Are they comfortable with him? I don't know that. I think everyone's going to have to be comfortable or this could be a problem. Lane is someone that can be moody. He can be temperamental. And if everyone's not on board or they're causing problems and friction, it could be an issue. He's kind of known as, you know, a Twitter troll type of guy. It's kind of the fun lane that likes to troll people. But he's also the type that will take some shots and he will lull some negativity because, again, for him, it's a lot of ego, like a lot of these guys. And some people know how to bite their tongue and some don't. I think those things are to keep in mind. Um, the thought about, well, Lane is not going to leave and take the job. He's waiting for the Alabama job. No, I can tell you. Uh, he, Lane was very interested in the Florida job. He was interested in the LSU job. He even had interest in Oregon. And, and from his agent, was very interested in the Miami job last year. But none of those jobs... Florida and LSU were going in completely different directions, as was Oregon. And Miami had their guy in Mario Cristobal. That's the guy they wanted. They wanted one of their own. So I think Lane is willing to move, and I think he would entertain. I don't have any doubt he would take the Auburn job. He's not waiting for the Alabama job. One, Nick Saban is going to have a lot to say about who gets that Alabama job, and it ain't going to be Lane Kiffin. I can tell you that. Um. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. So the whole thing, well, he's not going to ruin it by going to Auburn. He'll never get to his Alabama. I, I don't think that's an issue. I think that if he is offered the job, I think he takes the job. I don't think there's a scenario where he turns it down. Now, it may be phrased that way, but trust me, I know coaching searches. If Auburn's not fully convinced, meaning if everybody in that Auburn family is not on board with Lane, if they're not on board with you, Freeze, there'll be a compromised candidate. They'll go in a different direction. And then it'll be, well, Lane, you know, it'll be led to believe or it will be said that Lane's staying at Ole Miss and he's re-upping at Ole Miss, so he's doing this, at whatever. He's not turning the job down. He'll get out of the job before it's ever one of those situations where he's um, known to not be in the mix for it. For example, uh, people are, may not be aware of this, but I have said it on many occasions because I know it to be a fact. Lane and his dad, Monty Kiffin, really preferred the Arkansas job over the Ole Miss job. Monty felt like the money at Arkansas was a little better. He could maybe take that program a little further. Monty was an assistant at Arkansas back in the Lou Holtz days, Pete Carroll days when Pete was an assistant there. Monty was an assistant there. And, uh, you know, all under Frank Brawls and uh, as the athletic director. He knew, and they know the potential there. But the Arkansas power brokers, Jerry Jones, the Tyson chicken guy, and I apologize, I forgot his name, um, and the, the truck, the trucker, the big trucker guy, um, CEO, they were not interested in Lane Kiffin, okay? Um, so that was, they weren't going down that path. And so Lane went to, you know, went to Ole Miss. Uh, so there's a lot of things that go on in these coaching searches behind the scenes. Hugh Freeze is not turning down Auburn either. Auburn can get either one of those guys. I'm here to tell you that without a shadow of a doubt, if they want either one of those guys, they can get them. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Now, whether they're going to be in full agreement, everyone's going to assume because that's what you read, that's what you hear, and that's all people go by. They're going to assume that that's the two they're going to focus in on. Well, I do think those are two guys that they're definitely interested in, but I don't know that everybody's on board. In fact, I can say that I'm not sure everybody is on board right now. But it doesn't mean that they can't be brought on board. That's going to be John Cohen's job. He's going to have to be the guy that Alan Green wasn't, didn't want to be, couldn't be. He's going to have to bring those folks together. He's going to have to do a lot of what a Mark Emmert or, a, or Scott Woodard's now doing, kind of be a political figure. Don't know if that's John's strength, but I also think he is going to have to, from a communication standpoint, be really good about explaining why this guy or that guy is the best fit. Deion Sanders is not a fit for – I'm not going to go into great detail because I did a special podcast on – my coaching evaluation of Deion Sanders. But the Auburn job, in my view, and I think most would agree with this, is not a job where 
you get on-hand experience in learning as you go. This is a, a, a already proven guy. Deion Sanders is not a proven coach. He is doing a great job at Jackson State. He's a marketer. He's a publicity guy. He's a fundraiser, and he's doing a great job there. But to go to a place where we don't even know if he can coach him, not that he doesn't have the aptitude or the ability. He may be outstanding as a coach, just doesn't have the experience yet. And I don't think that you do that if you're uh, if you're Auburn. And I don't think Dion would be a good fit at Auburn anyway, because the minute things go bad, you know Dion's not biting his tongue, and you know where that's going to take the whole process. It would be like the Brian Harson mess, but with a guy that's going to not bite his tongue and is going to say a lot of things that are going to be very divisive socially, and you know where I'm going with that, and certainly would be very destructive with both sides fighting, even within the Auburn family. I think that's a problem. Matt Rule has been mentioned. I can tell you Matt is not interested in, the, for the same reasons, not interested in, a, in an Auburn or a high-level SEC-type job. It's not what he's about. Um, it's not that he's just sitting on a bunch of money. He's going to make money, but I think he wants to take a look at the landscape for the right fit. And I can tell you, knowing Matty, it's not the right fit. Mark Stoops at Kentucky has been mentioned. Folks, again, Mark has done a phenomenal job at Kentucky, but Mark is a developmental coach. He's not, I wouldn't put him in the same personality class as Brian Harson quite a bit different. But if you look at him, Mark is running a developmental program at Kentucky. And to the credit, um, he got a lot of time to develop that because there's a lot of people that wanted Mark Stoops fired. But again, running a developmental program at Kentucky is quite a bit different than going to a Auburn where you've got to recruit elite talent. Well, you're going to be able to recruit elite talent at Auburn and do this and that. It's it's not as easy. And I, I don't think Mark is going to be as adaptable to wanting to do certain things, not as flexible in that he is strongly tied to certain principles that he thinks in building a program that just takes time, time that I don't think you have at a place like Auburn. I don't think that is a really good fit. I tell you, who I think would be a good fit in time, but the timing is not right. I think Dan Lanning one day will come back to the SEC. And if this were three or four years from now, and he does as good a job as I think he's going to do at Oregon, I think Dan Lanning it would be outstanding. He understands the landscape. He understands the area. He certainly understands the program. He's coached against it in, in, you know, I think he's a blossoming head coach. But again, timing's not really good. And quite frankly, it is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
even though he's done a good job one year at Oregon, I would say if you're at Auburn, you've got to shoot for somebody that's gone ahead and built a program. Dan hasn't built a program at Oregon in just one year. That's not what he's about. So I don't think, to me, that's a little too risky at this point. Some of the other names, you can look at guys like a Lance Leopold at Kansas, not a real fit. Same thing, developmental program, not going to really be comfortable in the Auburn fishbowl. Um, you know, they're like Luke Fickle, not a real fit again for this type of environment in the SEC. I don't think that's a really good fit. So, look, I think that there's going to be a lot of names. I think that uh, it is fair to say that Lane Kiffin is certainly somebody that's of interest somebody that at least they have vetted and to some degree have targeted. But I don't know yet that everybody's on board. I can tell you that there has been a process longer than just a week or so, a vetting process of Lane Kiffin to see about his level of interest and to see if this is something, this is through intermediaries, of course, because John Cohen hadn't been on the job, but you know, not officially even on the job. Um, I don't think that, um, you know, John has been directly involved. In fact, I'm, my understanding, he hasn't. But others that are intermediaries have been in the process of seeing and vetting out whether Lane might be the fit or not the right fit. Certainly, John will have to have his say-so. Certainly, the president will have his say-so. Uh, but as you see, all of that in the Auburn family has to come together and decide, is Lane the right type of guy? I will tell you, there are some there that believe strongly in that Auburn creed that if you have some lifestyle issues in any way, shape, or form, that that's not what we want representing the Auburn family. Uh, how strong is that? How pervasive is that? I don't know. Is it enough to prevent a hire like a Lane Kiffin or a Hugh Freeze? I'm not sure that it is. Um, but I know that it is out there amongst certain people in the Auburn family. That, And I'm not talking about people who are just talking. I'm talking about people who are at least involved in some way, shape, or form in the hiring process. Now, as they vet it and they take a look at it and say, you know, what are the true lifestyle issues? I will say this. If you dig deep enough into the lifestyle issues of a lot of folks, nobody's lily white. I think that the Hugh Freeze situation is very public and certainly maybe a little uh, less palatable. I think Lane's Kiffins is more about immaturity. Uh, very talented young guy that got a lot of opportunities early in his career, but it's revolved more around immaturity issues. Single guy doing some things that, you know, probably he wouldn't do from here on out, they are going to have to make that decision on whether that's they feel it's trustworthy, whether they feel his approach and professionalism is what they hold to their standards at Auburn uh, or, you know, they're not comfortable with it. And then what are the other options? I think it's going to be interesting to see, but it's kind of my thoughts on what Auburn's program is, where they have been. Look, I can, tell you, go back to when Doug Barfield was the coach at Auburn. And it's just a 
an interesting story and just to give you how things fall into place. And, and I say this because we don't know what's going to happen between now and the time Auburn hires our coach. So we think that maybe it's a slam dunk. It's going to be this guy or that guy. It could be. It could be. Again, I've given you at least who I think that maybe are their top couple of guys. And then I think two guys that would take it. And then, you know, what Auburn's going to do is I've laid out what their decision is. But I'll take you back. I can remember when Pat died was an assistant for Bear Bryant at Alabama. He took the East Carolina job, and he's, he's there, and he's doing a nice job there. LSU is um, they're basically pushing Charlie McClendon out in an early retirement. Uh, I say early. He was there 17 years. Um, and their LSU is hiring the up-and-coming, bright, young, Woody Hayes protege from North Carolina State, Bo Ryan. And Pat Dye at East Carolina wanted the North Carolina State job. He coveted that. He's at East Carolina. He thought it was a good fit. There's a board member at NC State and that blocked it, that had some connections to East Carolina, and he just blocked the deal. And Pat Dye got pissed. And so he went out to Wyoming and he actually took the Wyoming job and in a, in a weird situation, only stayed there. Well, never signed his contract at Wyoming. First of all, by the way, if you know, if you guys remember Chuck Pagano, who's been in the NFL for a long time, Chuck Pagano was a safety for, for uh, Pat at Wyoming. So Pat's at Wyoming. He's there one year. During that one year, that year's kind of coming to an end at Wyoming. Um, back in the Southeastern Conference, Vince Dooley is winning a national championship at Georgia. Um, he's the alma mater is Auburn. As Auburn gets rid of Doug Barfield, Auburn is coming after Vince Dooley. Uh, more than coming after him, Vince Dooley agreed to take the Auburn job. Could you imagine in today's information age, if somebody agrees to do it and they back out, we've seen that happen, but this is kind of what happened. So he's going to take, he accepted the job. He's going to take the Auburn job, go home. The president of Georgia gets wind of it. He gets told he flies in from wherever he was in a, in a meeting or a conference and he convinces Vince Dooley to stay at Georgia. But as he's in the coaching fraternity, the word gets out that Vince has gone home to be the head coach of his alma mater, Georgia, at his alma mater, uh, Auburn, leaving Georgia to go to Auburn. Well, Pat dies at Wyoming, and he begins to work on getting home to replace, to, to go to his alma mater to replace Vince Dooley at Georgia. And he's working that angle, and he's got friends, and he's got folks trying to put the right, the good word in and all that. Meanwhile, Vince backtracks and decides to stay at Georgia. The the president, as I mentioned, gave him whatever he needed, wanted, what have you. And, of course, Vince had a championship caliber team coming back, played for another title. So Vince is staying at Georgia. So Pat Dye does a reverse course and begins to try to get the Auburn job. Georgia guy, Georgia grad, the guard for Fan Tarkenton and and that great group of Georgia players – and that day, 
ends up getting the Auburn job and the rest, as they say, is history. And it's just to give you, and I mentioned that just to give you an idea of how things kind of fall into place sometimes, what happens and what doesn't happen. And you never know, um, and I say this, coaching churches have a life of their own. They have a spin that goes in a different direction. I will say this, don't believe, particularly don't believe everything you hear in this point in time, because there's a lot of stuff that's floated out and given to the media for a particular purpose, for it to get out there. And that permeates through folks close to the program and everybody thinks they know something and they know more than someone else. I'll tell you what I know. I tell you that I know that Hugh Freeze, Lane Kiffin, I firmly believe they would absolutely take the job if offered. What I'm saying is that while I think there is a strong interest in both, in that order, Kiffin, then Freeze, I think it's more Kiffin. I think there's more concern about Hugh Freeze's off-the-field issues. So if if they're not comfortable with Kiffin, I don't think they're going to be comfortable with Freeze. Um, But I, I think it depends on who it is. And some of the people that are a little bit concerned about the lifestyle issues, I think may need to be convinced that Lane Kiffin's the right fit for the right time. I think there are other candidates out there. Instead of just throwing it out willy-nilly, I'll keep it until the appropriate time if there's a need for it. That's my thoughts on the Auburn job. Hope you enjoyed it. Please uh, subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network. Check us out at LandryFootball.com where I'll be providing all the latest information on this as well. Hey, I appreciate you. We'll talk to you next time. Enjoy it, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.